Hello. Is your spike or is it, uh, I'm just kidding. Nah, you know what? Nah, I needed, I needed a little <clears throat> today. You know, it's one of those days. I don't know how you did How are you ladies? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, honestly. Hanging in there, I guess. How are you doing? Up and down, up and down. You? Uh, I'm good, you know, surviving, taking it all in stride. Uh, these are, I'm sure you've heard it, uh, strange times that we're dealing with right now for many reasons. And so yeah. uh, just taking it day by day, but I'm good. Cool. Yeah. How's the family? They're good. My son actually started school back because my son, I have a son who's nine years old, autistic, mm -hmm. and he goes to school year round. And so just this Monday, they started uh, school again. So that's been a welcome uh, welcome change, uh, 24 hour, hour parenting of two kids, eight and nine. Um, is it vacation yes. time yet? Well, it should be, but he goes year round. And so, huh. uh, you know, my daughter is done for the summer. And so she is actually going to be doing some camps online, which is good. And, uh, where I live in Florida, they've begun to open up a bit. Uh, people here anyway are not, you know, this is the group of people that believe that it was more of a hoax than anything else. Yeah. You want to call it that. Yeah. Uh, but so, so people are, you know, more or less uh, into their everyday activity. So it's starting to relax a little bit here, which is, I want people to be safe, but you know, it's nice to not feel that you're in Armageddon, you know? Yeah. Where are you? Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Florida. Where are you in Florida? I live, I live in a place called Niceville, Florida. Do you know it? It's about 15 minutes. Niceville, like Pleasantville. It's like 15 oh. minutes away from um, Destin. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. West right. Panhandle, yes. I thought you were in so, Atlanta. I used to be in Atlanta until the, actually about three years, we signed the lease. No, we moved here on July 1st, 2017. So okay. uh, it was one of those things, a uh, decision we made that since I'm always gone, that uh, it would be nice to have the support from my in-laws who live here. My father-in-law retired from the Air Force, uh, so that's the reason why we moved here. Gotcha. All right. Because he retired from the Air Force here, and so they were here, and my wife's an only child, and so it just made sense for her to have the support with the two kids, especially with my son being autistic. But we, what we didn't know is that they have a phenomenal school called Emerald Coast Autism Center that is oh. only for autistic kids. So it yeah. was kind of like... And we didn't know that when we moved here. And so it's been the most important part of, of, us, of, of us moving here. So we're happy about that. I love that. Anyway, uh, I, um, but I had seen that you were doing this, um, the series, the, um, the we'll LB. Sit down. Yeah. And I really love that. And that's when I was like, Andrew, would he want to talk to us? Because I really wanted to talk to you about your series. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about, um, like, would you ever branch out past opera singers and talk to like ballet dancers and uh, people on Broadway and actors and things like that about their stories? And yeah, that's been actually, you know, when I started it, I had a very um, clear idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, but I've been approached by different people asking me if I would do, in fact, what you just said. Uh, and I have so many people from my past. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I didn't start an opera. I started in gospel. I used to work in um, a th amusement parks as a singer dancer. So I have a lot of friends who've gone on to there from there to do things on Broadway and different things like that. 
And so I have a bunch of people in my past that have been uh, doing these various things. So it would be very easy for me to branch out and do people, okay. you know, on Broadway, people doing other, you know, instrumentalists, you right. know, I have good friends that are in the metal orchestra, New York field and stuff like that. Right. So there's a, a number of people that I could branch out. And so that's part of what I'm planning to do later on. Okay, cool. But yeah, I know I just was, Sandra and I are talking actually today because I, uh, I wanted to branch out and start talking to other people and other businesses to find out how y'all are coping and how everybody's going to pay the bills. Because I know people now are looking at um, not having jobs through whenever. I mean, are we all looking at new careers? Do I got to go to Costco and get a job like checking out people? I mean, what the hell? You know, uh, I'm already like thinking, you know, everybody's like, what university is hiring? You know, I'm probably sure that there's freezes on universities and stuff like that as well. And, right. you know, thankfully, you know, even I've been fortunate, I guess you can say, to have a fair amount of work in Europe. And so it seems that Europe is opening up yes. a little bit sooner than it is yes. here. And so that's not the situation, you know, everybody doesn't have that. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen like I wanted to anyway. Right. But it's so much, you know, uncertainty that everybody's kind of sitting around and waiting to see what's happening and thinking, rethinking everything. I know. Like everything. Everything. So would you keep doing the series uh, while you're traveling, while you're singing? I think so. I'm actually having a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing that I've wanted to do is talk from the unique perspective of being Black in this business. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've already talked to Angel Blue. Yeah. and uh, George Shirley and Will yeah. Liverman. And this week I'm talking to Latanya Moore. And oh, so uh, all of these people, they come from different, you know, from different kind of viewpoints yeah. on how, you know, their careers are going. And, you know, of course, Mr. Shirley, having gone through so many different eras of discrimination, of course, right. in 60s and 70s and, you know, surviving the, uh, I mean, witnessing rather the, the assassination of people like Robert Kennedy and, you know, yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. and how he's still forced ahead in his career, yeah. a predominantly white field. And so we yeah. had a wonderful conversation about that. And so uh, people have seemed to appreciate it. Yeah, uh, the viewership absolutely. has been good, you know, for the most part. And so with that in mind, it seems like at this point, uh, it seems like people would be uh, interested in seeing that continue. But uh, who knows, you yeah. know, where this, I mean, I have, I, I'm one of these guys, I'm a techie guy, sort of, like, okay. fairly techie, so if anything happens like that, I'm like, okay, I have to get the best stuff, I need to get yes. the best cameras, and the best microphone, and the best this, and all that other stuff, so I, like, have a whole bunch of crap that I, like, bought, and that's, like, my setup over there, with my computer screen, and yes. microphone, with, like, Swing okay. mic and okay, so you need to um tell me what that mic is. And I did all okay, hold on, hold on. All right, you're gonna oh, I don't even know if I can turn this around. I'm so I'll take a pic of this and send it to you because this yeah, is there you hysterical go. what is going on with yeah. the lights. And I mean I have like gains and my in a in a cooking book thing that all this stuff is propped up on. <laughs> oh yeah. This is so this is this is my so my laptop computer is right here. I don't know if you can see. Yeah. This is my laptop. Okay. And so this is my external screen, which okay. is a, you know, yes. fairly big. So yes. I am, one of my hobbies is photography. Oh, yeah, okay. I know. Okay, yeah, I read about that. Okay. And I've had cameras for a while, and so this is one of my cameras. Okay. This is the Sony A7 III, so I have two of them. I have two of them. There she is. Hey! So I have, there setup, you are. Sandra. Look at this setup. It's so awesome. Whoa. There's, this is one of my cameras and this is my second camera right here. So, so I have my cameras. Okay. Wow. Then is I have a microphone here. Yeah, this is how I do the show. 
So the so, lights are up here. I love that. Okay. Two lights here. And then I have like um, all the other stuff down here. And I have a couple of things still to come. So, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah. And you so, are set up, man. Will I, I take it on the road? Well, the question was, will I continue the show? I don't, a lot of this stuff can go with me. So we'll see if I can do some version of okay. it on the road. We'll see. Um, well, I want to know what that mic is because that mic looks serious and I love buying <laughs> stuff like that. So you need to tell me. <laughs> and, um, this is, this is my baby. It's amazing. It's, prepared, it's called, it's called, uh, yeah, I'll take, it's called the Shure 7 SM7B. Okay. And apparently Michael Jackson recorded Thriller, Thriller with a microphone, the same type of microphone. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, Did so you use that for the Met Gala? No, for the Met Gala, I just used my, what I'm on right now, which is, I don't know if I can show you, it's this stand. You, can you see me? Yep. Okay. So I have this stand that's where you, the phone sits inside it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And then you can put up here, like little lights that can shine on you. Yeah. This, this thing is just a little stand that you carry around. Oh, cool. Yeah, I use that and it's very simple and that's all I use for the Met. I love that. I love that you bought that that techie stand. <laughs> Are you, well, you a know, bit of a tech geek? I am. I apologize. Can you see oh, me, I ladies? Love... No, not yet. No, not yet. But you're coming. Okay, I was there. I'm I sorry about there. that. But this, we're going to title this this interview "Technical Difficulties." <laughs> <laughs> so what did I miss? What did I miss besides your oh. whole oh, gosh. setup? Oh. oh my gosh, we've been talking about. You like how magnificent both of you are. One. Oh, yeah, of course. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I wore a shirt now. I just needed to show you this. Hey, I'm freezing. frozen again. You're frozen. Sandra. I feel like, I feel like it's like it's, yeah, now you're, now you're not frozen. Wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wore this shirt just for you today. Oh, really? Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, wow. There you go. It's my. <laughs> Because I know you like tennis. Oh, yes. That bag right there over there, like this is like, I'm showing all my stuff. That bag is full of tennis rackets. So, yes. I just had arthroscopic, arthroscopic knee surgery on last Thursday. Oh. So I can't play right now. But one of the reasons why I had the surgery is because I'm dying to get back on the tennis court. So I'm like Roger Federer and the fact that he'll be shut down for the rest of this year. And uh, I have about four to six weeks that I'll be shut down. But as soon as I can get on the court, You're going. I'm going to be getting back Bring to my it. tennis. I'm just going to say, hey, Bring if it. you want some, let me know. Um, I would like to be there with a video <laughs> camera. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and my husband videotaped the first time that I came back to playing tennis after yeah. not playing really since high school when I was on the tennis team. Oh, yeah. and I'm frozen again, aren't I? Yes, you are. Mm. Carrie, I want to say your favorite curse word right now. Mother, mother. <laughs> let me let me go open the door. Sorry, hold on. You didn't. Sorry, you didn't know you were getting with crazies today, did you? And then you got. <laughs> I've seen a few episodes, so I know that you guys have fun. So. We have a good time. My uncle, my uncle was like, Carrie, have you cleaned it we up yet? Fun? And I said, I go listen. I go. I love Jesus. Jesus loves me, but I cuss and drink a little. It's all right. <laughs> Right. 
I'm like, come on. So. Right. Well, we were talking, you know, we did discuss, you know, you know, being just open and just letting it go because, you know, Carrie was saying that she, you know, she does a lot of editing because she doesn't, sometimes she can be a little bit, I'm like, just be, you know, whatever. Right? I know. Sandra, Sandra, should we go live? Should we go live like Larry on his show? I'm a scare. I'm scared. Well, not today because I, am I frozen? Because you guys are oh, frozen. Oh, you're good. No, you're great. You're great. You guys are totally We're frozen to me. Well, frozen. I can see, well, I can see okay. Carrie. I mean, I'm just, I'm like, not frozen. No, and she good. is. She okay. Is she. Well, now you're not. But everything was. You need. We need to turn my pants off. But I see all of your La Scala posters. Yes, I see all of your. Oh, La my trifecta. Your trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you need to turn everything off. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Uh, oh, sorry. We're just dealing with technical stuff here. Here's Duncan. Hey, Larry. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah. How you doing? It's good to see you. Good. Nice to see you too. Love oh that my God. Yeah. Duncan's okay. going to turn everything off. I'm sorry. We might have sorry to redo some of this crap. Sorry. Mm -hmm. let's, talk, let's talk about COVID and working yes. and Europe. We did talk about that a little bit about Europe opening up and the possibilities for them are different yes. than they are here because we we deal with a lot of unions and there's a lot of issues with opening up some opera houses because of COVID. And uh, when, you know, does anybody really think that Met thing is going to happen on the 31st of December? Anywhere in the United States, quite frankly. Well, I was supposed to be at the Met then. Well, I was going to ask you, what, what was your last thing that you did? And what's your first thing after now? So the last thing I did, um, I had a few recitals. I had just finished... Um, Favorite, La Favorite at Houston Grand Opera. And then I had about eight recitals with Myra Huang. Cool. And then I had oh, a concert in Puerto Rico. So I had a bunch of work in the month of, month of February and March, thankfully. So my family can eat. Hello. Yes. Um, but um, so that was the last thing I had. About March 8th, I think, was the last thing I did. And the next thing, so the next thing that hasn't been canceled uh, Opera-wise, I'm supposed to be at Covent Garden in October, November for uh, Elixir of Love. That ain't happening. And then right after that, was supposed to go to the Met for the end okay. of November, all of December, and then to the middle of January. That ain't happening. So I have several concerts. I have one in Moscow that I've heard from my European agent will most likely happen. I'm sorry, wait, Larry, I'm so sorry. Like we are having, we have never had this many practice. What is going on in the universe today? <laughs> Lord <laughs> Jesus, help me. Help me. Yelled at him. Oh, Jesus. Okay, okay. Sorry, we're good. We're good. We're good. So, okay, and, I, and I hear that. I'm sorry. Larry, this am I going to see don't... you somewhere soon, Larry? Wait, hold on. Uh, no, Wait. I'm good. I'm good. I'm cool. Larry, this is why we don't do this live. <laughs> don't, don't do it live. I'm telling you. So wait, backtrack. Okay, so the next yep. thing after that, you said concert in. So the first concert I'm supposed to have, that's outside. So I'm talking to a couple companies right now in the States about doing virtual concerts where I actually, I actually will go, but there won't be an audience. Okay. Okay. So there's a couple companies that I can't really say just yet, uh, yeah. but I was contacted by a few of them uh, to see if I could do um, a couple things. So that's 
um, something in the end of July, uh, something in the end of actually in Idaho, in Sun Valley, interestingly mm -hmm. enough, Same in up. the end of August. Yeah. They have a symphony out there. Mm -hmm. And then something in September. Wasn't there something all in concerts. Spain, maybe? Well, there's supposed to be something in either in, in Palermo, Italy, mm. something in Russia, something in Bratislava, mm. and Spain, I'm not sure, but maybe, yeah. But these uh, are Corona? all the different... Yeah, Coronia. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm doing Coronia, but but okay. But maybe it will happen. Who knows? Who knows? But they, but but these are all things, and that would have kept me. Actually, would have been pretty busy had things not stopped. I would have been busy. Well, I would have had a nice chunk right now that would have started on June 6th after having been gone three days after I stopped until now. Okay. Whoa. It's like nine different countries, which is crazy. So the time at, at home has been good. But but then starting up again in from the middle of July, I would have gone to almost nonstop to the end of the year. So with these concerts, I have about probably five or six concerts that are scheduled right now that'll carry me through the end of the year. And then my next opera thing, I think, is at Zurich, because that's the one that came after the Met, and that's February of next year, if that'll that happen. goes, yeah. which I, I think it will. Happen. Yeah, it seems like Austria, Switzerland, even, you know, the, the other European countries now are really starting to open up and maybe yeah, with Switzerland. The, what about you ladies? I mean, well, I will be in San Fran right now, but that's uh, until July, until like July 4th. And, um, mm -hmm. but they were really wonderful and paid out 50% of the contracts. Um, which was amazing. Like I were, I think the check is coming soon, but um, I, I know there were a lot of us that were on all those meetings that were just really grateful for that, especially because at that point when we were told this, a lot of us that have incorporated ourselves weren't sure if we were even qualified or could qualify for the people. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were just wondering what's, you know, what do we do, do we file for unemployment or do we do PPE or what? So that mm -hmm. much San Fran gave everybody a little bit of a cushion to decide, you know, which. What they want to try to do. Right. So, and then now, I mean, then I was off until fall. So I, but at fall, I don't think that's happening. So. But yeah. We haven't told yet. I've, what about I you? Just found, I had a lot, like you, I've, I've had a lot of concerts now added in the last week and all, all over in Europe. And then, okay. and then Carrie and I are supposed to be, well, I'm supposed to do an outdoor concert in San Francisco in October. And then Carrie and I are supposed to be in Chicago for Tosca in October. Uh-huh. Or not. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know. We're yeah. It is what it is. And, and we keep, we keep going, right? How much online stuff have you done? Have you done... A lot of singing online besides Met Gala or no? Well, I haven't done a lot. I mean, I haven't done, uh, well, there's a couple things that are upcoming that, I, that I'm involved, involved in. And, uh, you know, of course, I want to be in solidarity with my, with my colleagues and a lot of people who don't have, you know, the opportunity to do, not that we're even getting paid, you know, for all of it, you know. Um, of course, that Met thing that we did, it's just like, they came back and were like, let's give you a little bit or something, but that's... Oh, good. So they weeks, are going to A couple pay weeks of groceries. Yeah, a couple weeks of groceries, you know. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, I haven't been doing a lot of things that have been necessarily professional outside of my own projects. 
which are more meaningful to me. So I've been doing those things. But uh, a lot of the things that I am discussing, as you mentioned, for concerts that have been put in the calendar now are virtual, you know, potentially virtual things. Yeah, but you get paid for them as opposed to doing all this. If you want to call, if you want... <laughs> If you want to call it getting paid, you, we can we can just say that. But it's it's an, a as we used to say in church, it's lo, it's a love offering. It's a love offering. Yeah, but it's better than uh, but free. It, it's fine. It's 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 better, it, than it's better than free. It's better than free. You're right. Um, I know that you you and I talked while Sandra was dealing with a computer about your sit down series, sit down with LB. Yes. Um, that I really and we wanted to talk about that on here. Um, too. So uh, I really enjoyed your series so far, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to Latanya because she's a friend of mine. So what we wanted to talk about that, and and um, I'll ask yeah. you now that we're all um, back on about again, if you don't mind, about um, how you felt about branching out, and then how you feel about doing it again on the road while you're singing. Well, I do want to branch out. As I said before, I have many friends that uh, are musicians or artists, and so. I have a, a large pool of people that I can reach out to, people that I uh, went to high school and college with that are professional artists in some way, pianists, you know, orchestra musicians, also dancers right. on Broadway in the film industry. And so uh, there have already been discussions about branching out to other people. But I think the story should be told. And, you know, what we're trying to do is bring the unique perspective of being an African-American in these different uh, disciplines. And so uh, right. some of the struggles yeah. Uh, some of the things that we deal with. And so thus far, we've had uh, some in interesting conversations. So I appreciate uh, the people that are, that will be coming down the road and all the people that have already been on there. Yeah, it's, it's really. And yeah, as much as I can. Yeah. And I was showing I was showing Carrie my whole setup over here. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> and I think most of it is is portable. And so it'll be able I'll be able in some way, shape or form to be able to do it. I may leave some of the heavier stuff here but uh you know there seems to be an appreciation thus far for what i've done so maybe i will be doing it past covid we'll yeah. see how do we change what needs to change how did those conversations start with the opera companies uh you know uh the conversations with opera companies about um about uh oh when we did like la opera and other things yeah like that. well i mean now of course there's this is a a monumental time in history, I think. And it's horrible what had to happen for us right. to come to this point. But I think a lot of people are now getting off the sidelines and, you know, not that people were complicit in, you know, what's going on in America, but I think this is an opportunity now that people can put their money where their mouths are, you know, and really kind of get in there. And if they want to make meaningful change, to do so. And so I've been reached out to by countless friends of mine who want to know, who want to have real conversations yeah. about racism, about equality, about these other things. And so uh, we've been reached out to. So that's how it started. And some, uh, a lot of the people that we know now in the business, some of the general directors and casting managers are friends of ours, friends of ours that went to university or were former singers who we know. And so uh, these people can talk to us in a different way from uh, relationships that we have. And so uh, I'm, I'm confident that these people really want to use this time to, to make some strides forward, to, to make inroads uh, to some of the things that we're talking about. And a lot of people, uh, not that they were aloof, uh, 
but unaware of some of the difficulties that we've had in this business. And so it's one of those wow moments. And one of the things I've done recently that I wanted to mention is, um, as I said before, I was reached out to by so many people. I challenged people to read this book with me called White Fragility. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've already gotten to chapter three on that and I'm reading it a little bit every night. Uh, but it talks about, uh, I think it says on the, the title, on, on the front page, it says, why is it so difficult for white people to talk about racism? Yeah. And it's written from the perspective of a white woman. Mm-hmm. And she's, she said in the beginning of the book, every time she talks to people about this, about racism, she inevitably is faced with pushback from white people <laughs> who say there's no racism. I don't know what you're talking about. But she spells out thus far in this book how clearly in everyday life our system is built yeah. with racism as the foundation. Yeah. And so it's been an interesting interesting journey for me thus far to read it. And sure. so I'm supposed to host a book discussion yeah. uh, with um, about this book in about a week and a half. And so, uh, yeah, people are talking. And so I want to make myself available to people who really want, not that I'm the, thor- the authority, no. but at least make myself available to people who really want to have a real discussion about racism in the arts and in general. Well, you've lived it. I, yeah. um, I have a question though, because some of my friends, you know, I've been friends with 20, 30 years and I reached out to them and I said, um, how many of your white friends are calling you right now? And is it annoying? Is it driving you crazy? And, um, and, and she said, well, I mean, the people that I know and I know their hearts and I know who they are, no, but people that, you know, are acquaintances or whatever, like it was, a, it's a mixed bag from my friends on how they feel about that. I was, I was wondering about about you, I mean, how do you feel about that, those phone calls? Well, I mean, it is some of, it's some of the same. And I am always, I've always been the type of person that I try to have a positive response to most things as much as I can. Okay. And I know for a fact that I'm probably someone's best black friend who we're really not that friendly, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. And so they're like, I need to call a black friend. And so what I've done, I've challenged them. I'm say, I've said, why don't you talk to your closest black friend? And if it's me, then you need to work on those relationships because you, if you really want to be introspective and say, I don't have a real black friend, why? Ask the questions, begin to have those conversations because if you're honest with yourself, there, should, there is probably a reason, especially if you're an artist. You don't mm-hmm. have any excuse because you're surrounded by people in the arts yeah. and in society. And part of the problem is making friends sometimes with the person of a different race isn't that easy, you know, because someone may think, why are they trying to become my friend? Right. You know, and I always tell them the way to do this, the beginning of this, in my opinion, is to find a, sh- a common goal or goal or sharing uh, a shared interest. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can talk about music or sports or something that you have a common interest and allow an organic friendship right. to build, I think that is the place. Because if you go to a person in all sincerity and honest, honesty with the right intentions and say, I really want to build a relationship, I really want to be compassionate and show empathy to people that are not like myself, because that's about me right. becoming better or growing as a person. And I think if you have that approach, uh, any of your friends that you reach out to, 
if it's sincere, I think they'll be more open to accepting that and being available to have those conversations, those tough, those tough conversations. Yeah. yeah. No, I think Thank that's, you. that's great advice. I just, you know, I mean, my, my good friends, I just said, how are you, you know, what, how do you feel about, you know, your white people calling your white people calling you? Because it's, yeah. And it was, I, I just wanted to listen to them so that they, they could voice that because I think that's sometimes difficult for them to voice too, to say, you know, this really sucks. I don't really want you calling me, even though I understand why I just don't, I don't, I don't want, why do I, why should I have to explain this to you? So there are some mixed emo emotions and, you know, uh, there are some people who feel like I don't want to be the one who has to teach you. Right. Um, some people feel like, because we've had these conversations amongst ourselves, um, it's very easy to be an ally right now. Yeah. <laughs> to be an ally right now, okay? Yeah. Um, we can like something on on Facebook or Instagram, or we can black out our screen on Blackout Tuesday, and it's really easy sitting in front of your computer or laptop or iPad right. and be an advocate, be an ally. But what I've been challenging people is, what are you going to do beyond that? Absolutely. What is going to be real and tangible that you can say, this is something, yes, I, I went out and demonstrated, but that's easy too. Mm -hmm. But you know, my father told me something a long time ago. He said, the most important thing that you have to realize about any situation, when you think about someone's sincerity, you should do something. You should be seen doing something, not do something to be seen. Right. Wow. Isn't that... So if, yeah, you know, and true. so if, and it's true. if I can sense your, your genuine desire to do something in earnest from your heart, that's different than you saying, let me do something visibly so someone can comment on it. Yeah, right. it looks like I'm being, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and opportunistic. I think, yeah. And six months to a year from now, that I think is going to be the real litmus test to mm -hmm. see what change has happened, to see what people now are still backing change as opposed to, well, just blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it sounded good at the time. But yeah. I, I am looking forward to seeing what the opera companies, what people around the world, not just opera, but around the world are going to be doing about this. And um, okay, so tell me this. Is your wife ready for you to go back to work because you've been home for so long now? <laughs> No, she's not. Actually. She's loving it. Okay. Yes, she she's like, can it be like this forever? And I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I love you, I'm honey. Like, but <laughs> I'm like, no. Hi, uh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, we you know we have our nomadic lifestyles, and it's just yeah. we you know that is what we do. You know, right. it is. You know, the first time I ever left the United States, I was 15 years old. So I'm 47 now. And so, so that's 30, 32 years, essentially, of international travel. Yeah. Yeah. So it is normal for me to be on the road, going through airports, staying in hotels. I have that rhythm in my life. And it's something that I appreciate, you know. Of course, there's the times that you want to shut it down for six weeks to, you know, two to maximum three months. But then with that three months after that, you know you're gonna be gone for consecutive months or something like that. Yeah. And so 24-hour um, parenting uh, is a challenge as well. Uh, but uh, no, it's we're, we're making the most of uh, the time we have together. We've been watching, there's this game we bought called Pictopia and it's based on Disney films. So my wife oh. is a Disney film buff. I mean, she watched Mary Poppins probably a thousand times in her life. 
And so we started playing this game and I'm like, I don't know any of the answers. So what we started to do is uh, two nights a week, we watch one current Disney movie and a classic Disney movie. And so we've been doing oh, that. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, that's not. That's romantic. Us and the kids, we watch it together. Yeah. Are you singing a lot? Have you been warming up and working on, because we haven't. We No, I've done a couple things and I have a couple projects. Of course, I do the coffee and the song and I'm supposed to do a couple other things, but I don't sing every day. No. no. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not one of those people who don't, I'm like, oh, I just don't have the desire. Uh, but, um, you know, when the time ramps back up, you know, for us to be more involved and stuff like that, I'll, I'll try to get myself back in shape because I'm definitely not in shape now. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun, being, it's fun being normal, isn't it? Kind of doing stuff around the house and, you know, it I is. say normal in, in, the, in the tense that we're not running around the world singing and doing the abnormal things that we do, you know? Exactly. How did you get into singing? How did I get into singing? I mean, yeah. I grew up in a singing family. My dad was the choir director. My mother was a soloist. I'm one of six kids. So we sang, sang, sang. I mean, I started actually on instruments. I played the bass guitar and I played the drums and played the trumpet. So I was, you know, born into a musical family. But even when I was a kid, my mom said one time she heard me singing, go tell it on the mountain in my sleep. And so music was in me. Whoa. It was always coming out. And, yeah. you know, and uh, I had a great appreciate it, appreciation for it. And when I got into high school and, and actually middle school, uh, I started to be singled out for my voice and I was very shy about singing, but I became more confident because I was told that girls think you're cute if you sing. And Aww. so after that, <laughs> well, but we then, think you you're know, cute. <laughs> that's why the but boys then I got the choir. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All the girls, the girls were there. Are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, I mean, it just grew from there. And then, you know, when I got into high school, you know, more and more people would single me out for my voice and, and then I just said, hey, why not try to be a singer? But like an opera singer or? No, 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 not opera. I was, I've done everything. I used to work at amusement parks as a singer dancer. Ponderosa. Uh, like, <laughs> Ponderosa, I did. That was the first job I ever got fired from. The only one. <laughs> Ponderosa. Because I wasn't fast enough in washing dishes. Oh, come on. What? Yes. Yeah. Wait, are I we got talking fired about from Ponderosa, wait, Ponderosa, the restaurant? Yes, Ponderosa, the restaurant. I was on dishes. I got fired. That's so funny. Yeah, I got fired from that job. That was and like so, an after church restaurant that we would go to. Like, that was one of the ones that we yeah. went to. Yeah. It was before Old Country Buffet. Yes, yes. <laughs> or if, you're, if, you, if you know Indiana at all, they used to have a place called Ryan's. Oh. Do you know? Ryan's? You know, I'm, I lived in Indiana. No, I didn't. For a long time. I was born oh, really? in Illinois. And then okay. my, my dad was transferred to Richmond, Indiana. Did you ever have the pleasure of going there? Yes, I've had the displeasure of going. No, the pleasure of going to <laughs> with Tom Raper, RV, and campers. <laughs> As you, I'm from Ohio. And when we drove from Ohio into it, like for the first 30 or 40 miles, that's all you see is Tom Raper. Tom Raper. Oh, oh my gosh. Have, nice. You know what? I could have been the queen of Richmond, Indiana by, by dating, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Raper's son. 
Okay, okay, I'm gonna digress here for for one second, Larry. But did you ever nice. go cow tipping? Did you ever go I cow tipping? Never, I never went cow cow tipping. Never. Did you, Sandra? You did. You took that is that's cruelty. You <laughs> took that cow. No. When I don't sleeping. know if there's a statute of limitations there. I think you could still be. Ch <laughs> I think, see, Larry, um, reason number 255 why we record this. <laughs> Cow tipping is a real thing and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I imagine it probably would be fun. It's a no, I never went. Well, what else are you going to do in Richmond, Indiana? I'm just, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. I so, actually just drove through there, and I think I did something. They have a don't they have a Richmond Symphony or something there? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, I did an opera with house them too. when I was in college. Yeah, I don't think I did anything at an opera house, but when I was in college, because a lot of times, a lot of those small orchestras or symphonies do things use people from Indiana University, which yeah. I was a student, and so I think it was through that that I went to Richmond to do something. But how did you get from high school to college as an opera singer? Like, what, how did that happen? My last year of high school, because I had been involved in show choir, and as I said before, when I was 15 years old, I traveled outside of the country, you know? So there was an explosion that happened in my mind that I was like, oh my gosh, the world is so much bigger than my hometown. My high school show choir teacher, she took me from um, Youngstown, Ohio, where I'm from, to Indiana, a small school called Anderson University in Anderson, Indiana. Okay. I don't know if people have ever, if anybody's ever heard of the Gaithers or Sandy Patty. Yeah. Yeah. They're from I did, Anderson. They're from I did Anderson. swim meets there. That was one and of our, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so at Anderson, um, she took me there and she was like, she said, I want to get you out of Youngstown and I want you to experience, you know, grow up you know, if you're living in the same town as your parents, you need to get away from them and kind of become a man and stuff like that. And so um, my senior year of high school, she had already started prepping me for that. And there was a program at the university for gifted music students where we had to sing classical music. And so this is my real first introduction to classical music. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm somewhat of a clown. I like to have fun. No. And so... <laughs> so when I did this at the end of this program in the university of my hometown, they had a semester study. Okay. Whatever your instrument was, you went and studied with a graduate student. So I studied with this guy and he taught me um, an operatic piece. I didn't know what an opera singer was. And so I go in there kind of, you know, trying to make opera sounds. And so <laughs> I go there and uh, this program, the, the recital at the end and I sing and. Hello. Right? Hello. Hello, I'm here. I hear you both. I hear you okay. both. I hear you both. Okay, sorry. Uh, so I know after, what we're titling. Right, technical difficulties. So after I, at the, at this, um, the finale of this program, we have to give a recital. And so I get up there learning, you know, singing a song, singing a song that I had learned. And uh, after I finish, there's like a huge response. And people are like going crazy. I'm like, what the heck? And so there was a gentleman who approached my father and I, and he said, kid, where are you from? I mean, who are you? What are you, what are you, are you trying to be an opera singer? Because you absolutely should be. Wow. And I was like, what? He was like, what? you, he was like, you have something that is special. It's Me? True. You know, I thought, I was like, what? And so he was like, well, here, I want to stay in touch with you because I want you to come here and study with me. 
And I was like, okay, you know, not really knowing, but I was open to it. You know, okay. that was my senior year of high school. And I had, I hadn't really thought about what I was going to do. I knew I was going to go to college. I thought I was going to study law. So I thought, well, if this guy is really interested in me, I could go here, Youngstown State University in Youngstown, Ohio for one year and just see what happens. Okay. Um, and so I went there one year and then I went to this competition called Nats, which I think everybody's heard of. So I go to Nats in freshman men. I sing something that, you know, I worked on with this teacher mm -hmm. uh, and I win first place. Cool. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe there's something there. Yeah, so maybe that, I, I was like, <laughs> maybe I'll try. So awesome. And, and what was the point in your career? The big, would you say, aha moment, the turning point when, okay, you went, you went to IU and then you started in the professional world. When was the point that you just went? Well, I have to say the thing that has been one of the most important things for me is like early on when I won the Met auditions, um, I won the Met auditions in 2001. So that's mm -hmm. almost 20 years ago. Can you... <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> 26 years ago. Thank you. Not feeling 26 years ago. Oh my gosh. That's a long time ago. You know? I know. I'm just Thank starting you. my career. Oh yeah, Carrie. Right. She's yeah. so young and Carrie, what is your favorite fuck what is your favorite swear word? Motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. I love you both. Okay. <laughs> so, so you yeah. won the Met Auditions, but then you I won the Met Auditions, but 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 as a result of winning the Met Auditions, um, there was a guy in the audience who recorded the Met Auditions. And um he recorded that, but he came after the Met Auditions that day and he said, I want to be your agent. I want to be your manager. I want, you should be singing all over the world. And I don't care about the fact that you're short and black. You should have a career that is an international career. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. But he, he took that tape and sent it to La Scala. This is 2000. That's right after I'd won the Met Audition. He sent the tape in 2001. I got a call because I was in the Young Artist Program at Seattle Opera after that, you know, that fall. And he said, are you sitting down? Because uh, I have to tell you something. I said, yeah, what? He said, La Scala wants to hear you. And I was like, what? I was like, uh, are you kidding me? He was like, La Scala wants to hear you. Can you get over there? Young, poor, you know, I have any money. You know, we're all trying to be singers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I scrape together money, I get over there, and I audition on the stage of La Scala, and they hire me on the spot. Wow. So from that For moment, what role? Uh, Barbara Seville, which has been like, I've sung it everywhere in the freaking world right now, but uh, it, was, it was the beginning of my career, and that was the moment, you know, that, uh, that really launched everything, getting that job at La Scala. That's super cool. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah so, love it. Uh, okay, are you still salsa dancing everywhere? Well, yes. not at the moment. <laughs> okay, not wait. at the moment. Do they have the salsa? Do they have salsa down there in Destin, Florida? Uh, you know, they probably do. Right there is probably 60% salsa. Awesome. And how did you get into that? How did I get into salsa? 
Okay, I got into salsa because, as I said before, I used to like, I was in show choir, so I danced like all through high school and uh, even going on to amusement parks and I had trained as a dancer and I remember I was in the Seattle Young Artist Program and there was, um, at that time, there was a cute mezzo who said, we should all go dancing. I was like, let's go dancing. I, you know, I have, I'm cool. I have some moves, whatever. You know, I wasn't really thinking about dancing. I was thinking about, you know, other stuff. But I was like, let's go. I'm cool, whatever. So I go there and I had never seen or done salsa. But I go there and this mezzo is like dancing with everyone and I can't dance with her at all because you have to know the steps. You yeah. can't just go out there and wing it if you're really trying to do it. Right. You know? Right. But I was like sitting on the sideline wanting to jump in but didn't want to look like an idiot. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn this dance and I'm going to show you guys. But something happened that I was just like, oh my gosh, where has this been my whole life? Okay. That I absolutely That's was completely cool. captivated from that moment to this moment now that I am head over heels in love with salsa dancing. That's love cool. It. And your wife too? It. Well, she has um, gotten into it a little bit. And it's interesting because, again, as I said before, you can't just dive into it. Like, oh, let me go salsa dancing and you do it. So one of our first dates, I said, we're going to go salsa dancing, which for anyone out there that's listening, it's not a good idea for a first date, uh, unless you're both beginning or unless you're both, you know, at a certain level. Mm -hmm. But I was living in Atlanta at that time. And <laughs> when I go there, like, this is our first date. She came because, you know, she came to visit me in Atlanta. And there's like a line of 12 girls who want to dance with me on your first date with someone else. And it was just like nothing. And they're like, oh, Larry, let's dance, let's dance, let's dance. And I was like, okay, that wasn't the best idea. But so, so that kind of like not soured her to dance in salsa, but she didn't really, you know, because okay. she was like, well, you dance at this level and I'm here. So, you know, we never got to that level where she just, but she appreciates it. And sometimes we'll, cool. we'll dance in the kitchen together. Oh, you know, I don't. <laughs> I know, I know you don't know this, but your salsa dancing story uh, was inspiring to me because when I started out my career, you and I had the same manager and, mm -hmm. and he told me that you did that because I was by myself traveling at this point and lonely. Mm -hmm. And he was like, listen, this is what Larry does. You need to figure out your thing and get out there and do it and meet people. So when you're overseas, you're not alone and you're not just oh. in your apartment. And because of you, it was like, okay, I'm going to go do this. I love <laughs> art. I think I've seen every museum you could ever, I love modern arts. I'm always in, we travel to go do that. And we also- Restaurants. You go to a lot of restaurants. And yeah. uh, chefs. I really follow chefs. So mm -hmm. there was, that kind of turned into our thing. And then once he started traveling with me, we did that together. And so you inspired that. I oh yeah 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 i mean you have to be we all know you have to make being on the road like being at home or else you're just gonna you know go crazy so i have my hobbies and part of it is you know of course photography but also salsa and tennis so i'll go to places that i return to often and mm -hmm. i have friends already who right. live there that i'm like oh i'm in town for six weeks so we're always going to do this dancing salsa every week going to play tennis or going to this 
restaurant or something yeah. like that. So it makes being on the road a lot more manageable. Well, I also think that's a really great thing to say to young singers because I think a lot of singers yeah. feel like, oh, I got to protect my voice and I have to stay home and I have to do all this stuff. And yes, you have to know your body well enough to know what you can go out and do with your friends, what you can, you know, if yeah. you but does that make sense? So I, I think you don't actually have to stay in. There's a lot you can do and still do your job well. So I always say life is more important. That's Absolutely. my thing. And if, and if, and if, and if your job, if our singing gets away in the way of life, then you really need to rethink it because you got one chance at this whole go around the moon, sun, moon, earth planned a thing. Well, and if you don't here. enjoy it, yeah, I have one. But I'm just saying, I mean, just, I mean, and I know you want to ask a question, but I'm just saying, one of the things that I remember about, like, you know, getting out and about in these cities, do you remember when we, we were in Vienna that one time, and we had that wonderful Schnitzel. meal, the schnitzel, Schnitzel's. the schnitzel us, bigger that. than my head. <laughs> but I remember bigger. that. I remember that. And that's that one of the things, fun. you know, when people are like, oh, I'm a hermit, I don't get out. No live life yeah and you'll have these memories that you can like you know recount you know for many many years to come yeah now, i i have a silly question for you yeah what does your head feel like when you sing a high f <laughs> <laughs> does it just like want to go boom? <laughs> well i usually wear my underwear as a, si a size too small when i do that <laughs> No, I'm totally kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, you know, it's, of course, it's a, it's mostly head voice, you know, it's kind of like a reinforced head voice. Uh, but, you know, we work to, to have a certain amount of body and core in the sound that it just doesn't sound like completely falsetto. Um, but uh, what does it sound like? I mean, you know, my, my teacher talks about using your, your headspace and that those resonators that are up there and, you know, everybody has, you know, technical mumble jumbo that they kind of toss around, but, uh, you know, it's very heady. You have to be grounded, you have to be connected and you just have to uh, make sure that that sound is supported. So that's what it feels like. Does it sound like a gnat in your ears when you, cause I know when I'm up, when I weigh up here, you know, way, way, way up, it sounds like yeah. a little gnat that's like, yeah, yeah. And my teacher said, if it sounds big in your head, it's not big out there. <laughs> Bingo. That's what I was going for, because I knew you were going to say you that. Know? And I... it's one of the things that she's like, you have to, you know, and I don't, I don't sing Verdi and Wagner, so I don't have a big voice like that. She was just like, you have to make sure you, your sound, she's like, your voice is like a bird that you have to let fly. Aww. And so for me, it's one of these things that if you try to go like this and force it out, it's not going to. And so it's that type of thing that I just try to make it sound like, you know, it's placed in the right place and I can just let it do its work, that it can travel to the back of the theater. Um, Marilyn Horn would always tell me, stop singing out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I can, can imagine she would say that too. <laughs> do you ever see yourself moving out of the bel canto repertoire as you get older? Sorry to say you that. Know, it, well, well, obviously, I mean, it's one of the things that you have to discuss. And that's the thing, you know, my managers and I have been speaking about is that, you know, there are a lot of people who are 27 and 28 years old who can sing Barbara Seville and sing all these other things that I've sung for 20 years now. And so it's okay for me to take on other projects. And what I've been doing as of late, I'll be doing my first Lucia Ooh, and yeah, I'll yeah. be doing uh, a couple other things now. Of course, the pearl fishes I've done before, I have that 
coming up at the Met and a couple other places. But uh, uh, yeah, going you know slightly, if you want to call it more lyric, uh, but of course not Verdi, not Puccini. Uh, but there are some things in the Donizetti and other things, even some Mozart things that I've been presented with. And so, yeah, as I age, I'm 47. I'll be 47, uh, 48 in November. Uh, mm -hmm. I am looking to take on some other things too, but always trying to uh, sing whatever I do with my voice. Bingo. Yeah, and keep it in, the, in that whole bel canto kind of yeah. technique, which is, I think, very healthy. And... Mm -hmm. But the voice does start to mature around your age. You know, it's, it's, it's growing and mm -hmm. cool. Oh, do you have any like fun um, stage stories or, I mean, you know, we all do, but people love hearing them. Oh. So do you have any like fun costume malfunction stories or? Oh gosh. I, oh my gosh. So many. T oh, let's see. One time I was on stage, I put my hand through glass and it was bleeding. Oh. Uh, uh, I ripped my pants when I was at the Met doing something. And we just kept going. I think I was there uh, for that, actually. Wait, wait, really? Wait, wait, what's the doing something? What do you mean? What, what doing, is... the, doing the staging. Oh, okay. And like rip. Like, I mean, like everything. We're like completely ripped. Did you stage. have underwear on? Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going like commando. I was, you know, I wear. <laughs> Some singers do. <laughs> Some people don't feel supported if they, if they don't. But, uh. Oh. No, uh, no, I, uh, oh, gosh, I have so many stories, gosh. And the thing is, for me, I'm one of these guys, I'm always trying to be a professional. But if I start laughing on stage, forget it. I was in Berlin doing Barber Seville, another one out of the million Barber Sevilles. And we got the giggles so bad that they almost had to stop the opera. I'm not kidding. We were crying crying on stage and we had this mezzo this italian mezzo who who looked at me one moment and we almost seriously fainted from laughter it was just so i mean i have a, tons of stories i mean but i'm sure you guys probably have really interesting stories as well huh never oh no no none <laughs> none and none together i don't know carrie do yeah, any of them does this look familiar this was Rusalka. <laughs> oh, okay. I was Rusalka being all mute and carries the foreign princess and she just comes up to me and just goes, and it, nobody else could see it, but she just kind of went like this. I lost it. Oh, you oh, know, and I can't it. laugh because I'm mute. Mm -hmm. like, oh, gosh. I loved it. Look, yeah. We, sh we should let you go because, I mean, all the technical difficulties. We could talk to you all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, you ladies are sweet. I did okay. have one other question. Sure. I wanted to know, because I've never done a world premiere of an opera, a new opera. Mm -hmm. What was it like? You did 1984 mm -hmm. and you did Yardbird, right? Yes. What was it like having a role written for you? As it's opposed great. To it's great because any role that you do that has, I mean, how many times have you done Tosca? I mean... Once or 20 million. Once, once or twice. And what did I see you in? Was it Tosca that I saw you in Anita in Paris that you guys completely sang the schnikes out of it? What was that? Oh, I think that might have been Aida. Was that Aida? With me and Anita? That was freaking amazing, by the way. That was awesome. Awesome. Was it Marcelo Alvarez, right? Uh, uh, it was at the Bastille. 
it was yeah, at the Bastille. Yeah, it could have been, but Anita and I also did Trovatore there, so it might have been that. I think it might have been, I think it was Trovatore. Yeah. Well, was Which amazing. was incredible. Thank that you. was freaking incredible. Thank um, you. Uh, but we were, we were talking about what? what how did Yardbird in 1984. Oh, so yeah. So any of these roles that you're, that you're singing all the time, it was written for somebody else. And, 90, and it can be the case that all of it works well for you, but it can also be the case about 90% of it works well for you and you just have to make the rest of it work. Right. But when you are doing an offer that someone's writing for you, you can actually go to the composer and say, you know what, this doesn't work. And so I got a chance back then working with Laura Mazel and we alter some things that would work better for me, you know, some of the vowels. You know, he wanted me to sing high D's on E vowels. And I was like, maybe we should change the words because that's a little bit difficult or change the note. And so, yeah. Um, but the flexibility that they, they had uh, to make sure that I was comfortable in bringing to life their work, uh, it was a lot of fun. And of course, you can be inventive and creative within a certain, you know, amount of a certain range. You can't recompose it. Uh, but you can feel like you can have some input because you want to do their work, uh, you know, justice. That's and so cool. That was a that's great really cool. experience. That's so the collaboration is real and you can say, hey, you know, maybe I feel about this, about the character or this, blah, blah, blah. And they listen exactly. to you. That's mm -hmm. They did. And, you know, actually both of them said, you know what, that actually works better. And so to have that collaboration or that input, that meant a lot to me as well. Yeah, I guess we can't we can't call up Donatetti and say, um, excuse me, <laughs> did you really like, want me to sing that? Yeah. Right. This Anna Bolena is like, you know, why? How many times have you sung that? Quite a bit. So is Carrie though. And Norma too. Both of you? No, not Norma. I wanted to, but they, yeah, no. Norma up there. No, Norma's not up there. No, Norma. Have you done Polonia yet? No, 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 no. That's for the big boys. I'll leave it for them. I'll leave it for the big boys. But there's some, there's some great, I actually, I hope to do Anna Bolena because Percy is one of the roles that, um, that I, well, I've been presented. And so uh, in the, well, that's the thing too, because some of these operas have changed, you know, as far as like the way they cast them. But right. if we go back to the original casting for Anna Bolena, it was written up, I think a minor third, Ooh. much of it was. And so some of that stuff actually works better for the type of voice I have. So maybe right. uh, those things are in the pipeline as well. So we'll see. That'd be Belance, fun. I'd love to, I'd, I'd come, I'd buy a ticket for that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. We just got to get somebody, we got to get some of these opera companies bold enough to say, let's do that. And so, let's do it. Hello people. Well, we, yeah. it's going to happen. Change, and it's going to happen. Let me it's going to happen. Yeah. We'll see. We'll All see. right. We got to do rapid fire with you because we have kept you long enough, but we could talk. Oh, okay. Let's come on. Let's never, never, never. Fire. <laughs> Can I start, Carrie? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Boxers or briefs? Uh, boxer briefs, actually. Okay. Yep. You're frozen. Me? Yeah. I'm done with today. Yeah, but, but you kill you kill me with that question because when we see these people in person again, that's all I'm gonna think about. It's I wear bo boxer briefs. Okay. Boxer briefs. Okay, Carrie, we don't have to put it in there, especially since I'm frozen. So what No, I love it. It just makes You're me not laugh. frozen now. It just makes You're me not laugh. frozen now. Okay, You're so actually, 
and that's Sarah, you do the first question why no, not i no i love that sonder but i it's a it's just me and that's like something uh she has a dirty me, mind yes a few things make me blush and the, it makes me blush so okay <laughs> now i know what your panties are okay rapid right, fire exactly. no carry all right uh okay, 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 okay. um what is your guilty pleasure electronics okay mm. most amazing person that you've met gosh the most amazing person i've ever met ruth bader ginsburg oh yeah she's super fun uh -huh. opinionated about opera you better oh yes you better be oh, prepared yes. to hear her say some stuff you're oh like, yeah Ooh. yeah <laughs> i actually had the the honor of being in an opera with her cool At washington oh. national opera she had a speaking part and so when she made her bow i actually have the picture where i'm walking her on stage for her to take her bow so that's super cool. that that's was like one of those amazing. moments like yeah yeah um, i love it fill in the blank what the world needs now is what empathy mm. Mm. beautiful good i like that Mo most beloved thing that you own Oh my gosh. Do, do, Most beloved thing that I own. Let me uh -huh. get back to that. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, what talent would you love to have? Hmm. Um baking i'm not that great at baking but yeah carrie oh, you something are oh she is yeah she's good at it i like it uh -huh. something you do that embarrasses your kids <laughs> um can i say it on here yes flatulate <laughs> that's but that's i know I'm, i know i know i'm the only one so that's okay <laughs> gas mask Hello? do they go they go running out of the room like dad yeah like my my son who's autistic he'll look at me like, <laughs> I'm like singers and bodily functions right there we you are, go right we're into it okay so if you cuss do you have a favorite cuss word and in what language because i know you speak multiple languages well i normally don't cuss but i will admit that i will say um cazzo in italian <laughs> so that seems to be a popular one yeah yeah what three things do you have to do every day um let's see <laughs> flatulence <laughs> yeah flatulence first uh, no uh <laughs> um gosh three things that i do every day yeah uh -huh. we're getting probably ready, check huh? Yeah, check Instagram. Uh, not that I have to, but uh, uh, I usually play, play Boggle. I like Boggle. Oh. <laughs> yes. Boggles is a fun game. And yeah. uh, spend time with my kids now, obviously. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Um, oh, 
Uh, these are kind of cheesy, but I love them. Um, what's the greatest gift we can give one another? Oh, the greatest gift we can give one another. Hmm. Love. Oh. Have you have you come back to most beloved thing that you own? Most beloved thing that I own, gosh, let's see. Um, because for me, I don't. I mean, you know, monetary value is not important, right. uh, but it's of course something that's meaningful. Um, oh, I know one of the things that is. I have actually a handwritten letter from Puccini that someone gave me. That's and pretty so, cool. And it's it's somewhere in that closet right there, but it's a handwritten letter from Puccini. So for me, that's like pretty. Okay, um, can you do me a favor? And on any one of your next um, shows, can you whip that thing out and be like, Carrie Ackerman, this is yeah. <laughs> I want to see it too. I want to see it's it. It's somewhere in there, but I don't know where it is. Let's see. You should find that before you talk to Latanya because she was an amazing Tosca, and I bet that she'd love to see that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was a hand. It wasn't written to me. It was written to someone else. But, yeah, uh, oh. it is. It is Puccini. It is That's Puccini. cool. Okay. Super so, cool. Carrie, yeah. are we ready for the last one? Should we oh, just yeah. do it now? Okay. Yeah. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, you were kind to people and you lived a good life. Nice. Oh, which is both true. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I hope to. I hope to, you know, emulate that. I hope to be like that. And, you know, in my life, I've, I don't think it takes a lot of effort to be kind. I just personally don't think it does. And so that's what I try to do every day as much as I can. I agree. Can you tell us one more thing? Um, what other books are you going to put on the book club? Because I'm really excited about this. I'm, I'm an avid reader, so I love to read. And uh, I was really excited so, to be part of that. So white fragility, and what I'm actually doing is I'm been, I've been in contact, and I need to write an email to actually a couple people uh, with the lady by the name of Dr. Naomi Andre, mm -hmm. who is a scholar and a musicologist, and so um, hopefully she'll help me with this, you know, book discussion. So okay. white fragility. Uh, there's one called uh, White Rage, actually, by a lady by the name yes. of. Carol Anderson, yeah, Dr. Yeah, Carol yeah. Anderson, yeah, and I'm looking at some of the writings of like James Baldwin and W. E. Du Bois. Okay. Um, there's one called something about like uh, supremacy. Yeah. So I can't think of the title right now, but I have about five or six titles uh, in store for the book club, and so this is going to be a time of growth and discussion. Okay. Uh, and I hope it will be meaningful, but uh, uh, I'm very looking forward to, very much looking forward to this first discussion on just. June the 20th yep. uh, on Perfect. white fragility. So cool. Perfect. We will put that up there, there on some, ours. There might be some still toes stepped on, but not, not by me, but uh, no, it's going to be some, it's going to be learning. It's going to be learning and yeah. some well, tough realities. I think yeah. that's how we grow, you know? Yeah. You have to have those and they're tough discussions, but they have to be had and mm -hmm. people are afraid of change. Change is a scary thing, but mm -hmm it is needed to go forward. So thank you for if you're all real of your about it. If you're real about it, I think, you know, Absolutely. you'll do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for inspiring us and for making us laugh. <laughs> yeah. And for thank all you. It's been nice meeting with you ladies. <laughs> Take care of yourself.
<laughs> you too. Yeah, yeah sorry. it's been fun chatting both of you. Take care, ladies. Thank you too. Enjoy that family. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Video, because I gotta go get all my info and all the papers and everything. Yes. All right. Oh. oh. Okay, Miss Schoolmar. Librarian. Yes. Help him! I help him. Wait, don't we look like schoolmarms? Yes, but very okay. pretty ones. <laughs> my husband said that red lipstick doesn't look good on you. Do um. Well, Duncan. Did you, what do you say back to him? Well, your face doesn't look good on you today. <laughs> I just said to him, you know what? He said, aren't you guys supposed to just be doing this like sitting at home? And I said, and you know what? There's also times when I just want to look pretty. Yeah, when you just want to throw some makeup on. That's what Joyce was saying. She had to get on a meeting. She's like, oh my God, I have it been so long since I put makeup on. Great, mom. I did that for you. Mine are yellow, slightly. I love, they're really pretty though. They match my yellow and my... My t-shirt that I That's wore a great t-shirt. I love that. That's really good. Isn't that good? I yeah. didn't, I really, I'll play tennis with you. I know how to play. I know how to serve and backhand and all that. Okay. I will, I will you take really, you down. You really? Oh, you didn't even see. I, wait, you can't see, but I put my little, I put my little, hold on. Oh, I'm going to fall. I put my little skirt on. That is super cute. I thought I got all tennis out. I have some stank hair. Um, uh, probably not as much as mine. <laughs> I mean, this just was, oh my God, this was yeah. 10 minutes. Okay. I have massage oil in, in my hair too. <laughs>